Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. Hi, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This matcha is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip which comes straight from the YouTube live streams, which you guys can check out every, well, I shouldn't say every, most Fridays over on YouTube at The Bowl. You guys got questions on dating, social dynamics, or relationships, anything in the world of human interaction, I got you covered. Now, if you would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics each and every Friday, well, I got you covered there as well. Every Friday, I hit that Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter, which just goes out to my hardcores, and I include anything in the world of social dynamics that I feel like you guys need to know a little bit more about, a whole bunch of exclusives, insights, things that I'm dealing with in in, in this world, in this world of 10,000 things, cool shit, training, nutrition, uh, music, updates, the resources of wisdom. Y- you don't want to be missing out on this free piece of content. So, bodoja.com, put your email in and you'll receive a confirmation email in your inbox. Hit yes on that. If you haven't received it, just check your spam or your junk folder or promotions in Gmail should be there 3 20 p.m every single friday and of course this episode is brought to you by bulldojo.com where you guys can pick up my ebook the crash course to kick ass day game just get your day game sorted it's a quick action guide to get you out there to act as your reference your guide your mentor it is not meant to be used as an armchair theorizer you are meant to go out there and complete a 30-day challenge in tandem with it and it's just going to help you to progress much further also, by the way, if you do purchase the ebook, make sure you check your inbox within 24 hours afterwards because I pretty much personally message everyone who gets the toolbox with a few extra tips. Next up is the one-on-one Skype coaching. If you want to go a level deeper, this is where we can work on your limiting beliefs, create action plans in your life to get you moving forward, whether it be within dating, physical, mental, purpose, whatever side of the temple you want to angle off of me with, I'm going to be there to help you. Of course, there are the deeper level packages, which is what I refer to as the bowl inside. For my clients that are on the bowl inside, they get access to two things that outsiders don't, which is number one, priority messaging. Within 24 hours, you can message me on WhatsApp and I'm going to respond to you outside of Australian weekends through my private number. Also, priority session booking. So you're not going to be worried about having to book your sessions in and have to wait for like two to four weeks. People on the bowl inside get top priority. So with those two extra perks, you got to be on a package. So all you have to do is hit up boldoja.com. You can see that in the Skype coaching section. There's more details there and we can work out what's going to suit you best. And taking you to the deepest level of all, the Day Game Foundations Boot Camps. This is for those of you that are looking to take control of your lives, to achieve the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see and attract a beautiful woman anywhere you are and know that you have the confidence to handle that interaction from open qualification investment, close, bring the best of your 50 and just really bust through all the things that have been holding you back sexually or socially speaking. As of recording this, we're currently in February right now. There's a couple good months left in Australia. So if you're around the world, if you're in Australia, hit up me up for inquiries within Australia. Otherwise, you got June, July, August, the uh, other side of the world, summer. We're currently scheduling and planning for that. So if you'd like me to come to your city, whether it be in London, New York, uh, potentially Canada, you know, anywhere around Europe or the US, just send me a message at bulldojo.com in the bootcamp section and we can dive a little bit deeper into that and get more information on it. But please, serious inquiries only. 
And please know that I don't just take absolutely anyone. I will grill you. I will vet you to make sure that you are in the right mental place to undertake what goes on in these boot camps. Now, with all that being said, if you guys would like to support this channel, support this podcast and just keep it going, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name. Or you can also donate directly through the website, which is just bodojo.com. And in the podcast section at the top, there's a donate, which just goes straight through the website as if you were to, you know, get an ebook or guest carb coaching. So you can donate directly through there as well. And anything that you guys do donate is extremely appreciated and just goes back to everything that I do here at The Bowl. So thank you very much to all of you. And with all the formalities out of the way, let's dive straight into this podcast. Social Q&A, baby. Let's go. This idea of being ready today. The idea of being ready in general. I have an entire podcast on it, but I want to drop just the main thesis behind it, which is this. Whether you are ready or not, that is only a piece of knowledge that is endowed to us with the gift of retrospect. You can only know in past, looking back, was I ready for this? Was I not ready for this? So if you really want to dive to the real core of that question, when my client asked me, am I ready to date again? Hey, <laughs> I'll get to that. You want to get to the core of that? Listen, you're always ready. You're always ready to take the test. That's what I'll talk about in a second, but these birds are bloody loud. So give me a second. Thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd get some fresh air in here for whites, but no. <laughs> the birds, the dogs, everything. It's too much. So the test, the core test, I guess that's, that's part of what we'll talk about here. I want to get into some personal stories as well about my battles with validation. Because what we're really going to talk about is your need and your desire for validation, specifically from women in this scenario that I'm dealing with my client right here. But in general, you can think about this in general, but it's the test. You know, are you ready to date? What you're essentially asking there is a different question, which is, am I ready to take the test? Have I learned from the mistakes of the past? And then we'll see. Because whatever, whatever has led you to this point of taking some time off, you're taking some time off uh, dating, being out there in the sexual throes of things and meeting different girls, meeting different guys. If you're a girl watching this, if you're in that position in life, well, obviously something had to happen to put you there. What was it? And did you learn from it? For a lot of guys, a lot of the times, and here's a little bit of back context for you. The guy I'm talking about today is actually, this is a kind of a follow-up podcast from a few social Q&As ago on, what the fuck was the title? I could see the image of my mind. It was get the girl by fixing yourself first. That's it. You guys go back a few social Q&As. It's a pretty tight thumbnail, actually. Uh, Get the girl by fixing yourself first. This is kind of a follow-on. And in that podcast, I had told you guys how I had to tell one of my personal clients that he needs to stop going out. He needs to stop meeting girls. I'm just realizing the charge is not in, so give me a second. He needs to stop going out and meeting these girls because... It's gotten to the point, it had got to the point with him in which that his continuation of going out was only hurting him, you know, only becoming more destructive for his psychology and for his growth because he wasn't using it in a, in a beneficial way. If anything, he was only, it was off the back of breaking down some of his infield uh, clips and realizing that he was only really bringing toxicity and sludge, his social dynamics was sludge-like uh, towards these girls, and it's it wasn't to the point where he wasn't even bringing light to them. 
wasn't bringing love and joy and peace in these interactions. So that's when I have to say to someone, hey, you probably need to stop. It's probably not a good idea. So anyways, now that, that was just like a context of where we came from, but he's come back at me now earlier in this week with a few different messages, a few different emails, and there's a lot to go. There's, there's a, these emails are long, but I'm not going to go into all of them. I'm just going to go into what's relevant for today's podcast on whether you're ready to date again. And obviously, okay, we're, we're in COVID-19, uh, complete lockdown right now around the world. US is getting absolutely raped. They've like taken over Italy now. You guys are just doing a real poor job. You're doing a real poor job over there. Your leadership, Donald Trump is getting whipped uh, in terms of just handling the whole thing. But hey, it's hard for us to say when we don't have 320 million people, how would our, how would our government respond if we had 320 million people? I'm sure it's, you, it's a difficult thing. But anyways, I'm wishing, I'm wishing you all all the, all the health, all the safety for all of your families over the, everywhere around the world, not just US. Anyways, so yeah, all I'll say there of COVID-19, I know that right now is not a good time to be going out. It's not really feasible to be going out there and beginning your dating life again, uh, which is interesting though, actually, because someone was talking to me about Tinder the other day and how Tinder is starting to see a bit of a resurgence with this uh, COVID-19 situation. We'll get to that. We'll get, we might hammer on that later, but let, let's stay on track here. So he sent me this email saying, and I'm just going to have to filter this because there's a lot of personal shit here and a lot of things that I'm not going to want to talk about either. Uh, so he's telling me about his reason for living, being a man of value, having to be strong. Worked down some specifics on that. This is general why. Some financial things he's working on, nutrition he's working on, physical he's working on. Uh, I got done reading a book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. That's dope. Number one book recommendation on my end. Uh, so here's his actual question relevant to today's podcast. If I can make sure, this is in his words, if I can make sure all of those things are getting handled and continue to get handled, would I be in a good position to handle some open slash casual relationships? I don't think I'll ever gain the emotional strength and confidence I'm looking for without the experience, so I'm ready. I want you to hold that, and then I'm just, I re- there's a lot more to his email. I responded to that, and then he hit me up with a follow-up, and this is the bit that's really, it's the bit you want to really want to hear. It's, it's, it's what gives this so much context, which is, he says to me, I just wish I had an outside opinion directly telling me about things that would put me in a good position to date and make a woman want to stick around. Pin that, that bit right there. Good position to date and make a woman want to stick around and that he wants someone else to tell him how to do that and how to be that. There's a lot of red flags right there. Uh, Then there's one more red flag, which is really important. He says, from previous potos, you've mentioned you have to come to a point where you must do the work for yourself and need nothing from anyone. But I've been wanting a little validation from a female. Big red flag. I can be on my own, but I would like some more experience. Sometimes I see girls, etc., 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 from high school, want to add them, etc., da-da-da-da-da. And the email goes on. So there's really two red flags here. The first red flag being that uh, was it in that just one message? Because it's the first part. I feel like there's one in the first part here. Whatever. We'll get to it. We'll come back to it. I'll come back to his email. But so 
Oh, that's right. Wanting someone else to tell him. That's the first thing you want to go on. Wanting someone else to tell him uh, that he is, in fact, ready to begin dating again and ready to be in an open, casual relationship. And, of course, I'm his coach, so it's a reasonable question to ask, you would think. However, once. It's okay to ask that question once. But this is a recurring thing between uh, him and I and it has been in our long-term relationship. He's uh, quite bipolar in that nature, in that some months he's up, some months he's down. He's got a lot of clients like that, actually where, you know, it's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. And to that initial question of am I ready to date and wanting someone more importantly to tell you that you are in that position and to have an outside opinion to say that, well, this is how you're going to become a man and this is how you're going to... And that that, that was it. That was the, the part that I really wanted to hammer on, that to make a woman want to stay around. Was that in the second part, though? Maybe that's why I didn't see it. Whatever, but whatever, whatever part of the email it was, because these emails are long, that's why I'm not finding it so quickly. But he, it was that point of saying that he wants an outside opinion to tell him how to essentially be strong, be a strong masculine being, ready for these relationships, and to most importantly want to make a woman stay around. That's something I really want to just get our teeth into here. Get our teeth into here. Why do you want slash need a woman to stay around? Why do you want to make a woman stay around? I want you guys to just, for those of you on the podcast, for those of you up in this YouTube live stream, I want you to pose that question to yourself. If that's something that has ever gone through your mind, ask why. Why do I want to make a woman stay around? Because in the answer to that question, you will find and you will uncover, discover an outrageous amount of things about yourself. Why do I want to make this woman stay around? I'll pause that there for you guys, and I want to dive off into just a story on myself for a second because I said I was going to tell you some validation stuff or some things of validation that I've battled with because I think I need to provide context for myself here, which is that when I was first coming up, and still to this day, still to this day, it's just that's something that I know now. I know how to counteract. But my in trappings around validation were never around making a woman want to stay around. You know, I can't relate to my client one-to-one in that sense. I've never had this burning desire that I want women to stay around because I guess the root of that pathology, the root of that pathology is that you don't feel like you're good enough or that you're always chasing this sense of being good enough. It's this lacking sense of being good enough and being valuable enough in which that a woman would want to come back, that a woman would want to stay around with you. That's where he's coming from. That's at least a very very core foundational... It's, it's, it's a pin. It's a pin. It's a log. It's a brick. It's, a, it's something deep within the foundation of his pathology. And I'm sure there's many other things as well if he's listening to this. But it's this overall sense that you don't have enough value, that you're not good enough. Okay, park that. That's something that I've never really had an issue with, whether because of my, my upbringing, uh, my parents always instilled a lot of confidence within me. And uh, I was on track for those you know, old, old school OGs uh, that know the story. I'm not going to get into the full story now, but coming up through primary school and high school, I never had an issue uh, with females. In fact, I was on track to being a natural. I was always included in that uh, popular group. It wasn't until a couple set of actions that happened around 16 that took me off the path of being a natural and uh, completely nosedived me and I had to rebuild myself from there. That's an abbreviated version of the story. But moving forward, my 
and trappings around validation were not so much around wanting to make the woman stay around, but more when I did have a woman in my life, wanting all of her attention. This is something that I found myself that when I got into the cold approach journey, not something that was such a problem when I was back in high school, but when I got into the cold approach journey to have to rebuild myself, that's something that I noticed. In fact, I have a tremendous piece of content on my channel. You got to go way back, back to 2016, I think, or it could be 2015. There's a video of me doing a live Q&A in person at a bowl session. At a Sunday bowl session, we had about 10 guys come out. This is in Melbourne. And one of the very first ones down there, shout out to the OGs. And, and uh, we, you know, we, we hit up the streets, you know, met, us, met some girls, and we did the debrief at the end on the lawn of the State Library. And I got one of the guys, shout out to Alex, to film this debrief slash Q&A. And these guys were asking me these questions. And I remember there's one question a guy asked me about text game. And I gave him this example that if you are ever overthinking texting a woman to the point of which that you just cannot put your phone down, you're spending hours crafting these messages. And really importantly to what I was talking about, you're checking your phone every bloody five seconds to see if she's responded. Well, then what you need to do is that you need to get your phone. You need to put it in the fridge. You need to go for a walk and you need to slap yourself in the face. Right, you put your phone in the fridge, you go for the fucking walk, you go do something else and you realize how stupid you're being. Like, why are you checking your phone every five seconds to see if this girl has responded? And that was back in the day where you had phones that you could actually take the battery out of. <laughs> so you take your phone, you take the battery out of your phone because that's what I used to do. That's what I used to have to do. I literally, back when I first started Cold Approach, this is when you know it was going back, that... This is when phones still had removable batteries. And what I would do to stop myself from checking the messages, checking these threads to see if a woman had responded to me was I'm going to take the phone out of my, the battery out of my phone. I'd put the battery in a different part of the house and I'd put the chassis of the phone in the fridge so that I just, if I wanted to check her message, I was going to have to go to extreme lengths. And hopefully that would make me realize the folly of my behavior and feel like, what are you doing here? Like, what, what, what about the rest of your life? So anyways, that's just to make myself a little bit more, I guess, relatable and just show you guys where I came from. Uh, when we're talking about validation from women, it, it manifests in many different ways, whether it's you can't, you can't exist, you can't walk through this life for even a second without thinking about how am I going to make this girl woman stay around? Even if a woman's not, even if you're not seeing anyone, because this client of mine's not seeing anyone right now, obviously because of COVID, but previous to COVID as well. For me, it's more about when I have a woman in my rotation, in my sphere, that's, uh, that's one thing I know about myself, that I want all of her attention. I want all of her attention. And that's uh, something that, Obviously, it's not near as aggressive as it used to be back when I first started, but it creeps up. It can definitely creep up. So I got to check myself on that. I got to know myself on that. And that's something I would just tactically say to you guys here at the beginning, at the beginning, as we're getting started up on here. You want to know yourself. You want to think about this question. That's why I pose the question to you. What is it about a woman's validation? Where does it pop up? Where do I see it? Because it does manifest in many different ways at different stages of your relationship with her as well. You might be good for your first six steps of her, but then it's on the seventh. You know, you might be good on the day two. You don't really, not too cared. You're, you're not too, uh, 
you're not too concerned with whether she gets back to you after the day two. And that's actually probably what leads to her getting back to you on a day three, that you're not so concerned about her responding. You show that indifference. That's good. But maybe once you guys have had sex, maybe that first sexual connection, and then all of a sudden the floodgates of your neediness arrive and you get drowned. You get drowned in that. Let's know ourselves. It's something you need to know. So I want to dive back here. I died. I, sh- I bamboo shooted off there just to give you guys a little bit, a little bit of something from me, and make sh- show you guys that I'm not a perfect being and that I've definitely have to battle that myself. Not nearly as aggressively as I was ten years ago, but you know, it's the battles are always there. But coming back to this guy now, coming back to my client now, is he ready to date? You are ready to date, in my opinion, when you are ready and willing to take the test to see if you have passed. And if you have learned from the mistakes of the past. Because that's all it is. That's all it is. You'll never know. You'll never know if you are ready or not until you actually go through the experience itself. And if it takes you a thousand more experiences, a thousand more dates, a thousand more interactions for you to just fall on your face and fuck it up. Fuck up these dates. Fuck up this... Uh, desire to have in my client's example here of making women want to stay around, be around, uh, to be that man. And also there's a side tangent or a side thing of him wanting someone to tell him what that is for him. So not even him being able to decide that for himself. Now, that's a problem in and of itself. There's many issues going on with this guy's mentalities. And so I'm never going to say to someone, no, you're not ready. No, you're not ready. I would rather you... It's, it's more just a, a, it's more, what's more important to me as a coach is your mindset towards the test. Are you ready to test yourself because you feel like you have grown? Then, hey, that's a good place to come from. It's just, what's a healthier place to come from? Because there's definitely something to be said for going through a test a thousand times and coming from a place of that not willing to grow not willing to learn. It's a growth or starvation mindset. That's what we're looking at here. Are you in a growth-based mindset in which that, okay, I fucked up the last relationship with this girl. I fucked up the last experience with this girl and and I've done some, I've done some work. I spent the last year, I spent the last six months, I spent the last three months, I spent my time in COVID-19 upping myself, upskilling myself, evolving myself, uh, doing the meditation, diving into myself, analyzing all of the mistakes. This is something that, it's something so simple that no one does, which is to go through their relationship, to go through their experience, and then to actually spend that night on their own and to reflect on it. Yeah, I don't understand why people, you know, guys are so confused about why they keep making the same mistakes. I get this a lot. Guys are so confused why they make the same mistakes so repeatedly. It's absolute insanity. And I often ask them, at least in an initial uh, coaching sessions, Skype coaching sessions, if not recurring ones, but definitely an initial ones. One of my first questions is how much time do you spend on your own? Let's say you went through this experience with this girl where, I don't know, things were going well for, met her on the street, met her up in the club, things were going well, got out on a date, things were going well, and then, uh, I don't know, maybe you started texting her a hundred times a day, started getting needy, are you starting to make her want to stay around? That's one thing that I see with guys. One thing in this COVID situation that I see a lot actually with my clients is that, yeah, it's, it's something that I love. Extreme scenarios produce extreme results. 
And so in an extreme exam- example, an extreme time in life in COVID-19 right now, if you had issues with abstaining, abstaining from texting girls and overly texting girls and to just flaming them on Instagram and flaming their DMs, this COVID-19 situation seems to exacerbate that. And what I'm finding with a lot of my clients is that you know, they're sending me their texts because obviously we don't have a lot of date things to talk about, but we have a lot of texting things to talk about. And they'll send me, they'll send me the screenshots of their texts and a lot of the principles that I know they know are just going out the window. You know, that where I see a text that should say maybe like once a week because they were previously in a casual relationship with this girl uh, prior to COVID. They still technically are, but they haven't been seeing each other in weeks because of isolation. And then, but now they're all of a sudden just, just sending her messages like, hey, how was your day? How is your day? You know, and sending the memes and sending the gifts and just excessive, excessive comms. And I'm like, what happened here? What happened here? It's like, did, did you forget about all the things that brought you to this dance? Did you forget about all the tactical points that we went over that I've seen you execute correctly? I've seen you execute these things correctly when we weren't in the state of worldwide pandemic. And now, what, you're left to your own devices now because you're locked up in your house. And so now you think it's okay to be flaming a girl on the gram every single fucking day and and just sending useless, meaningless bullshit? But Adam, she was responding. (laughs) Yeah, she was enabling it, Adam. What, you can't be better? You can't rise? You can't be... A stronger masculine be, and just because here's what tactical tip for you guys. We're on the texting seems to have come out as a as a bit of a theme today, which is just because a girl is texting you paragraphs, just because a girl is sending you memes, just because she is sending you the gifts and is hitting you up and flaming your gram. Listen, this is what we want. If I'm coaching a female, she shouldn't be doing that, but. You know, if you got a higher quality girl, she might send a little extra. She might send you a little extra. Typically, girls are that uh, less, less, less and less on the quality scale. That are less and less on the quality scale. They're probably going to be flaming you a little bit more. But let's just say you are dealing with a really high value girl, and she's. We want her sending just a little extra. We want. We want to be pulling on that so she starts to push, and. But that doesn't mean that you fall into that and you mirror that. You know, here's one thing with the push-pull concept tactically. This is a little bit more of an advanced concept. But Rami, shout out to Rami, wanted a little more of those advanced things after our podcast last week. We intentionally pull away to invite push. Okay, when this is a concept that you find in all grappling arts that when I push you, when I push you to the left, you're going to resist to the right, which is going to make you very easy to pull you in the opposite direction. You know, when you got east, east versus west, push versus pulling, and north versus south, we util, we utilize this concept to sweep people. You know, it's like if I if I if I sweep your arm, if I if I arm drag you to the right, you want to pull back to the left. You know, and that so that allows that with that juxtaposition. You're doing, you're playing into my frame, you're playing into exactly what I want, which makes it very easy to dictate your next movement. And so if you take that from a grappling art like jiu-jitsu and you put that into social dynamics, that's all we're doing in social dynamics. 
that when I pull away from a girl and I don't respond to every single text, in fact, it made me say I take a whole day of responding to her. I take several days, a week off of responding to her. I do this regularly, which is a pulling, which is a pulling action. It forces her to push on me because she want. it's like supply and demand at that point. Supply goes low, demand goes up. And there's a lot of concepts here coming in here. So stay with me. It's a little bit more advanced, but I've, I've had enough of the baby shit. <laughs> I just got, I got so excited last week on the uh, more advanced shit. So hopefully I'm not breezing. Listen, if I'm talking a little too far, well, not too fast. If I'm going over concepts a little too fast for you guys, if you're like, oh, hang on a second, hang on a second. I don't know about this push pull. I don't know about this. Uh, I don't know about this shit. Can, just drop a question in the chat box when we get to the Q&A, which we'll get to soon enough. I can rehash some things. So when you pull away in this, in, from a girl in a texting sense, and she's, that we are expecting, it, we are dictating behavior. We are in control of the frame. You don't, we don't just pull away from a, from a woman who's, uh, we were in a, say you had a great date. How about this? So we make a really, ta- really picturesque for you guys. You had a great date. Maybe say it's a day two. You know, it was just beautiful. You guys just really lit. You got such an amazing connection together. And so when you get home and you get home at the end of a great day too, let's say that, and I want to keep things pretty, pretty general here. Let's say that generally speaking, you probably haven't gone out uh, the whole nine yards. You probably haven't had sex off the day two. You probably had a, a beautiful, uh, a beautiful sexual connection though in the garden. You kissed each other. You one punch man that shit and you paused it. And then you went on a great edge of a day two. Listen, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> As you get more experience, a lot of day twos, do end up becoming full nine yards, full sexual connection. You're going to have, you're going to play it the whole way, but it's not always, it's not always. And actually, let me say this. It's very rare that you meet a girl. You're going on four or five day twos a week when COVID's, when we take a break of COVID, you know, when you, when we get, when we take a break of COVID, we hopefully when your COVID's done and you get back to going out on four or five day twos a week, it's very rare that you actually meet a girl that you want to go the whole nine yards with. You know, generally speaking, I would say the majority of, of girls, this is a scale. I know we're going off on so many tangents here. I've got to bring it back. There's a scale. You know, there's some girls that, hey, it's cool. We'll kiss each other. Yeah, that's cool. But I don't really see what we're good. <laughs> or she's just a girl I want to hang out with some, get some coffee every now and again. Well, you know, but I'm not that enthused with her. And then there's some girls that absolutely light you on fire and that make you question the very fabric of existence. And it's those girls that you would take the whole nine yards through on a day two. It's just every, it's a few and far between. Anyways, coming back here. At the end of a day two, that didn't go the whole nine yards, but was very good anyway. That girl's probably going to want to text you. She often texts you because she often be the one at the end of the day to say, you're going to call me or you're going to text me. And even if she doesn't say that, she does it herself. Whereas later that night or the next morning, she will often send you. And this is a great, great indicator that you fucking nailed the day too. Is does she text you that night or does she text you the next day saying thank you? It's a very key point I did not mention in the, I'm actually, I might've mentioned it in the day threes podcast. Anyways, I'll rehash it here. If a girl 
<clears throat> generally speaking, generally speaking, unless she's just extremely narcissistic. But then it wouldn't have been a great day too anyway. So, you know, you, I doubt you're going to have, unless you're an extreme narcissist. No, nah, but then uh, narcissists don't like narcissists. Extreme narcissistic people need someone who is the complete opposite of them to validate their narcissism. So you probably wouldn't have had a great two, day two anyway. But let's say, generally speaking, if you've had a great day two, that girl is going to send you a text, if not that night, depending how late the day two went, definitely the next day. Eight out of 10 times, you know, generally speaking, it's just saying thank you. Just saying, hey, that was a really nice day yesterday. Or that was a really great time. Thanks for showing me that coffee shop. Hey, that was fucking hectic. That was fucking hectic. Uh, Meeting that old person yesterday. Got up to that old lady. And just wishing her well. You know, whatever it was. Whatever you guys did. (coughs) Uh, Signed her name, Jenna, or whatever. That is a prime, prime example and a prime time to now pull away. To now play the push-pull dynamic. To now play the east-west sweeping dynamic in jiu-jitsu. Uh, to get her on a complete flip. And now because, yeah, you you hit her. You destroyed her uh, in a good way. You absolutely lit her up on that day too. The biggest mistake guys make. Got, and oh, fuck yeah. This goes right back to my client who wants to make the woman stay around. What's... What move, what would be the move that the guy who wants to meet the woman stay around? What would be his move? In a scenario where he's had a great day to a great day of a girl, she texts him the next day saying, Hey, hey Adam, thank you so much for yesterday. It was fucking hectic. I had such a good time, right? XXX, XOXO, little kiss emoji. What would be the move of the Bonjin? <laughs> I fucking love we found another way to use that word. <laughs> For those of you who don't speak Japanese, uh, if you, and the Bonjou is just an ordinary man. <laughs> but we did a whole podcast a couple ago where I kept using that word. Uh, what would be the ordinary man's response? Well, he would push. He would push on her, <clears throat> which is the expected move. So if you... Let me give you a different example here. If you if you are in a grappling match with someone and you're mounted, you're on bottom, they're on top, and you're mounted, the typical thing, the typical thing that they would expect would be that you're going to thrash about and attempt to uh, bridge and sweep as soon as possible. You want to try and bridge and get your hips up, and you pro- they're, if, they're, if they're decent, they're probably going to expect you to do an elbow escape, to bridge and elbow escape. That would be the push move. That would be the expected move. Okay. So if instead you decided to control head position to uh, fuck around with their grips on their hands to, if not instead, actually rotate and start to get them off balance first and instead of just like reacting so quickly, but taking a moment and instead pulling and that would be a pull move and then using different parts of their limbs and attacking different stages of their body and maybe even threatening some things before even going directly to the hip bridge, uh, the hip bridge, and then elbow escaping, just to take their mind off the fact <coughs> that you're going to escape here. It's like if if the triangle presents itself, and your opponent always knows that you're gonna that you want the triangle. Don't always go for the triangle first. If you always if you're always shooting on a double, right, and your opponent opponent knows that you're gonna shoot on a double on them, a double leg. 
Don't shoot for the double. Go on the single. Don't even attack that. You know, move to a different side and try something else. Maybe try a Nimenaro roll. Maybe try a different move. That's all I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that when a girl expects a push, don't push. Pull. Right, pull away. And that that concept right there, the, sorry about that, guys, on the podcast, that concept of not pushing when expected to push and pulling when expected to push, that is what creates excitement. That's what creates sexual polarity. That's what creates... That's what so there's that. That's what that creates. But also on the on a whole different angle, that's what counteracts your neediness. <clears throat> that's what prevents you or prevents my client here from falling down that deep dark spiral of his desire to have this woman stay around because he had a great day with this girl. In this example, had a great day with this girl. She's validating him. Yeah, yeah. Here we go with the validation. He's received a little validation that she said that was a fucking amazing day, my man. We got, uh, she's sending them XO, she's sending them emoji, had such a great time with you, had such a great time with you. And so the Bonjin move, that ordinary move would be to push on her and to start flaming her and start texting her and starts and to make sure, oh, I better ride this flame with her because she's given me the flame. I, don't, I want to make sure that flame doesn't go out. So I bet I better just keep playing into her. And now what you see is that who's in control of the frame? She is. You've fallen in. So the best thing you can do and the best thing he could do in this situation is to pull back. To what I was saying there that oftentimes when a girl sends me that follow-up text the day after, whether it's on the gram or through uh, direct phone comms, just thanking me for that day too, not only do I not respond that day, but sometimes I'll take a, res- a week to respond. How about that? Sometimes I'll take a week to respond. And now you might ask, why a week? Like that seems a bit excessive. I do that in particular with girls that I'm iffy about. With girls that, and with women that, it's like, I'm not sure about her. Like she was, it was a good day too. It was good. But it wasn't like she was making me question every fiber of existence. Yeah, I'm not sure about her. She's a little bit quirky, a little bit strange. And I'm not sure if I want to spend any more time with her. That's essentially what I'm saying. Then I'll see how she responds after a week because just this is the thing. I was, this is a concept I want to talk to you guys about before. There's never too late. There's always too soon. This, this macro concept applies to many different things. In this one example, micro of texting a girl is that if you're not sure about a girl, one way to test her is just give her a week of, uh, of just radio silence. Give her a week and see what she does. If she absolutely lights you up and just, keeps incessantly texting you trying to message you uh and if some girls will actually get pissed off some girls some women will actually you know start if you don't respond to them like four or five days after a day they'll actually turn a little toxic and aggressive that's a good filtering that's a good filtration method for you to see yeah okay now i get to see who she really is and what separate the girls from the women is that and a girl you a woman you actually want to spend time with is that if you give her silence for three, four, five days, she shouldn't be that concerned. Not only should she be seeing other high-value men in her life at that time, so it doesn't matter if one doesn't respond uh, to her. It's okay. And, and then look at, the, look at what that flips back to her. It's like, oh, this guy is who I thought he was. This guy led me through a powerful, powerful day. He was a powerful masculine being. And 
just the fact that now that when I sent him a really nice message, you know, just thanking him for that day, you know, not only did he not engorge on that little piece of fruit, but actually he decided that I don't even need to come back to this fruit tree. I don't even need to come back to the tree. He doesn't come back to the tree to pick again. And so it's like, oh, he is who I thought he was. So it installs the faith in her that if we were to go out on another date, it would only be better. If not as good, better. Because he's not, he's not made of paper walls is what I'm saying. So is that from your end? But what do you get to see on her end? What you get to see is that you know a high value woman shouldn't be so concerned with whether you are flaming her and, or whether you get back within two, three days or not. Especially if you convey that you are actually a man of purpose, you have things to do in your life. So we got off on some major uh, dating tactics right there, but we were essentially, <laughs> I was talking about push-pull. I was talking about the push-pull. You don't want to be doing the expected thing. The expected thing, when you do the expected thing, you you just, it's ordinary. It's ordinary. You When when you when a push is expected, you pull. When a pull is expected, you push. And that actually is a uh, just a one way of viewing One Punch Man Theory from last week's podcast as well. So, my friends, I'm just going to take a pause here and say thank you for being here in this social Q&A live stream. If you have not signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, you better sign up. You get a free article every week on Social Dynamics, but also I've just started, well, I've actually just finished recording my first album of Guided Meditations, Eternal Energy, and there's going to be a special gift for those of you who are signed up to the Bowl Sip. I'll, uh, I'll reveal that soon enough because I've got it... I've just done the recording yesterday. I've got to edit them. That's going to take some time. But you want to be signed up. There's going to be a special thing that only bowl sippers uh, get when the guided meditation product is released. <clears throat> so, also, if you're in this live stream, please drop a thumbs up down below. Help support this content. Help support what's going on here. I'm going to get to your questions very soon so you can start dropping any questions you want in the chat box. If you guys would like to donate to the channel, and support what's going on here. You can, of course, use the super chat that will uh, get your question bumped to the top. Also, shout out to Nicholas last week who donated uh, $7.77, but he did it through the PayPal, which I didn't see in time. I didn't see it during the session. So thank you, Nicholas. There was one other thing that my client had mentioned that I do want to talk about just before I get your questions. Yeah. Talk <coughs> mm. Sorry, a bit of phlegm in the throat there. He mentioned something about the validation from women. I guess yeah, we kind of covered that. So I guess I'll just wrap it up. I guess I'll wrap it up here because I want to answer your questions. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, because of the spiritually destructive nature of last week's podcast, if you didn't notice uh, on the channel, I, I went back and answered your questions. I put out a whole special edition, special edition Q&A. It's on the podcast. It's on the channel. You guys can catch that up from last week if you haven't already. And also there's bonus questions in there from an Instagram live session I did after. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much stuff I want to talk about from that. We'll talk about it later. In terms of like this meetup thing I want to do when COVID-19 is done. I want to organize a meetup uh, for everyone's first night out after COVID-19. Oh, it's going to be a romper. Going to get that shit going for sure. So yeah. In summary here, are you ready to date? You, in my opinion, you are ready to date 
If you have been willing to look at yourself, look at the mistakes you made in the past and feel like you have done some work in that development area. If you have not done that work, if you have not gone back, dived into yourself and just looked at where do I need to improve? What were the mistakes I made? And what am I going to do differently? Most importantly, what the fuck am I going to do differently? Why would this be any different this time? Let's not repeat the same mistakes and expect a different result. You know, otherwise, we're going to have to label you insane. So that, my friends, wraps up the content section of this Q&A. And I'm going to get to your questions here in this chat box. It's so chato. It's so chato. It's so chato. Let's go. Uh, no, not Evernote. <laughs> I want to increase the size of this chat box. Let me see this shit. Come on, YouTube. Let me... I just have to zoom in. Here we go. Okay, so hitting up these chats. This question time is question time. Uh, here we go. Uh, Infinite Paradox says, dog is low volume, barely can even hear it. Are you guys, is that true? Are you guys, uh, no, I think that's your speakers, mate, because, well, guys, let me know in the chat box if it's too low, because from what I can see, on my OBS, I'm almost peaking. Like, I'm almost getting the red. So, at least on my end, it's telling me that the audio levels are good. So, could you guys follow that up? Could you guys just drop me a comment down below, letting me know if the audio levels are okay? Because, to the best of my knowledge, just based on what OBS is telling me here, uh, it's my levels appear to be normal. If anything, they should only be higher. So let me know that. Mason Spiteri says it's all good. Yeah, cheers, Mason. I really appreciate that. Uh, who said that? Who said who, who said that? Oh, Infinite. Yeah, Infinite, that must be your speakers then. Because I can see my audio levels on OBS and they're actually just fine. And Mason has confirmed that. So thank you. Anyways, moving down here. Uh, Chucky comes in. Chucky77 says, morning. And then Beta comes in saying, you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, I sure do, my friend. Well, we're in week nine at the moment. However, COVID has thrown a spanner into those works. But yes, I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for nine weeks now. Hardcore white belt, that's sir. Uh, Chucky comes in saying, I think this is our first question here, first real question. After giving her my number at a restaurant and her sending me messages twice, uh one that I never received, I went on what seemed to be this amazing date with this girl. We connected on a really honest and direct way. Kiss went well. Chemistry seemed to go well, and we even happened to live really close. But when I messaged her two days later, thank you text aside, she told me that she had a great time, but due to COVID, she wouldn't be seeing people anytime soon. The thing is that after this, I realized she never added me on, on the socials, which she added herself. Since we live so close and both love cooking, I was thinking on, ask, I was thinking on asking her on a house date, in brackets, we both on ISO for two weeks already, in brackets, and cook together. I don't know if I should shoot my shot and get over with the doubts if she was actually into me or not, or if she should, or if if I should just wait for all of this situation to try again. Uh, some context there. Hey, so Chuck's, 
Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, Nicholas answered your question in last week's live chat that I specifically made an entire video on your situation, not your specific context, but on your situation of what to do on a girl who's... There's a whole video on my channel called "What How to Stop girl, Women from Flaking During COVID-19. So two, because you've given me a lot more context, I will dive in just a little bit more, but my... I don't, my answer is not really going to change from that, from that initial video. Uh, but your context was so broken up. So, but the, the fact remains that if this girl is not interested in seeing anyone because of COVID-19, and if you're in Australia, which actually, I don't think you're in Australia, it doesn't even matter. Whoever, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world, everyone's on lockdown, basically. Basically, everyone's on lockdown. So the idea of dates right now is not, it's, it's not feasible. It's not, it's silly. It's silly, but to your question of should you uh, shoot at a house date for a day two, that's a good question. That's a good question, it, barring your COVID-19, just this girl, is she really into me or not? Let's just talk about this in generalities because is it ever a good idea to start a day two in such a high key way in which that you're putting a lot of pressure on the situation. Most importantly, you're asking a lot of the girl to, cause this is day two, my friends, not day three. You guys have had one interaction, being on the street, being in the clubs. Let's even say you had a fucking hype day two, uh, hype instant date. Sorry. You had an incredible instant date. It's still asking a lot of a woman to say, Hey, come to my place or Hey, let me come to your place and let's cook together. That's that is reserved for fabric of existence type women. That is reserved for the women that you you guys had such an basically the instant date turned into a day two. I've talked about many dates I've had like this that they went for three hours, five hours, all day, all night, where you met her on the street, and then it was only initially just a quick walk up to the state library, but then you spent five hours together. And then you eventually made out on the instant date. That's a different thing. Then the day two is essentially almost, I know it's technically the second day you're seeing her, but you, you, you could think of it as a day three. Then a house date, a cooking date is feasible. All right? That's feasible. But if you guys have only had a five-minute interaction on the street or you know a quick make-out in the club and you know maybe you... You met her friends and uh, fuck you played some played some connect four down at the bar or whatever. You know that that okay? That's, it's asking too much. You're asking far too much of this girl to say, "Let's go and cook something together." So what that's telling the girl is that even though I like I like the fact that you're trying to move it forward, it's investing too much. It's putting too much pressure. You know this girl shouldn't. Chucks, here's my question to you. Why is this girl so important to you? And this goes back to my my client at the beginning of this podcast. Why is it so important to you to have women stick around, to have women validate you, to have these dates work out? Why do these dates need to work out? Why do these interactions with women need to work out? Why is it not enough to just go through the experience of learning to become a masculine being, put through the best forward of your 50? And then let that be, let it be. Why do why do guys go through this thing of 
making me do a 360 thinking why 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 would why is this so important to guys that things work out do you see what i'm saying here things don't need to work out with any one individual girl no one individual experience with any one individual woman needs to work out it is purely the act of going through the experience with her and being shown what you need to learn that's all you needed it's like the criteria for your success is action itself, not the validation from her, not her saying, oh, this, come back out on this date. I want to get the day three of you out. I want to get the sex. I want to go on this endeavor. I want, I want this relationship with you. Yeah, it's that, that's not the criteria for success here. It's like what I'm, the reason why a lot of my sentences – and the, my tone of voice right now is with absolute, utter confusion. Is because, isn't this obvious? Isn't, it can't, I, yeah, because I, I've, I've, I know I work in, I'm dialing the back here, I've, I've worked with so many guys that this is not the case for. So when I'm, it's like almost a rhetorical question when I say, isn't this obvious? I know it's not. Because if it was obvious, I would not see this so frequently. I would not see it so frequently that guys are placing their entire validationary criteria-based success on what the woman gives them, shows them, endows them with. It's it's like it's like guys will say I'm in this journey for the for the internal growth. But their actions tell me everything. Your actions tell you everything. For Shucks, I used you as half the example here, but this is the second time in this social Q&A over last week and this week that you've asked me about the situation with this girl. And actually, I want to dive back up to your chat here. I know I've, got, I've just seen two super chats come in. Don't worry, guys. I can see. I'll address them in a second. But I just, we're going on this point right here. He said this. This tells you everything you need right here. When Shucks said... I went on what seemed to be this amazing date with this girl. We connected on a really honest and direct way. The kiss went well. The chemistry seemed to go well. And we even happened to live really close. So just that little bit right there. Can you see where, where he's gone wrong? Well, when you, you can see the root. You can see the root of why that this situation has clouded what he ever really needed to learn from it. And why it's, why it's sticking, why it's a sticking point for him and why, because from my perspective as a coach, it's like this one interaction with this girl, shucks, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like whether you guys had the amazing date that you said that you have it, I'm not questioning that. I'm definitely not questioning that. I'm sure you guys, I've had tremendous, tremendous uh, sexual interactions, dates of all scale from all different time periods. And at some point, the girl had to flake, right? And they, she flaked for some reason, whether it was because of my 50 or her 50. A lot of the times, because of my 50, especially when you're coming up. But that never bothered me. It, it never bothered me that a girl decided to end the interaction with me. In your situation, she's told you she's ending the interaction with you, or at least uh, not willing to continue the interaction because of COVID-19. But there could very well be other things. There could be other things that she's just... Maybe uh, maybe she's just gone off on you. Or maybe she's maybe there's another guy. 
maybe there's another person up in this up in this social sphere that we know as the universe that has eclipsed you. Guys fucking hate to hear this. People hate to hear this. That there is the possibility that so, that she could have met someone that provided something better than you. Why does that hurt? Why does that hurt you so much? Everyone, I'm not just speaking to sharks here. Why does that hurt you so much? The reason why I'm so excited about this is because this comes back to the rejection. If you guys go back to the special edition q and I put out at the start of the week, there was one question that Rajanish Sharma, or was it Ray? One of you guys asked me, what was the worst rejection I ever had on a date? And my answer was this, none. They were all the best. Every rejection was the best. The harsher, the better. In fact, to get to the real core of it, the worst rejection is the one that never happened. The one that a girl never directly told me. It was because of this that I don't want to see you anymore. That's the worst rejection. Because then you don't know what you fucked up. Then you don't know what was wrong. Which is why I always encourage women to tell guys the straight dope and to drop that guillotine and to execute hard when a guy's fucking up. Because that's the only way that you'll grow. So for me, it's like no one interaction with any one girl ever mattered beyond the, the pure act for the sake of the act itself. If it had to end at, yo, excuse me, miss, I saw you and I, I had to come say hi. I thought you looked, I thought, you, I th- I thought I'd ask you for the time. If the interaction there had to end there because you noticed at the very end I broke on my intent. Well, then the interaction ends there and there's my lesson. Don't break on your intent. Give her direct intent. Fix that. Next time, you're excusing me. I just saw you walking by and I had to kind of say, I thought you looked beautiful. Lesson learned. Move to the next part. That gets me an extra step in this interaction. And then let's say fast forward. Fast forward to the date and we're sitting down there and we want to, I know it's the right time to kiss the girl. My heart's bumping. You're getting that in the heart, but then I don't pull the trigger, and she gets disappointed on that, you always know, a girl, if you guys getting flakes on dates, getting flakes on dates, and you didn't kiss that girl, or you didn't make that sexual display, you shouldn't be surprised, a girl's always going to be disappointed by that if you guys are connecting, honoring the sexual trust, we always talk about this. If you don't honor the sexual trust and if a girl is ready to be taken to the next level and you don't, well, then that counter, that causes, that's a, that's a spanner in the works. That's, uh, that's oil in your water right there. And it, it clouds. It, it makes things, it's very negative. It's a very negative thing for a girl. Because like, well, I thought this guy was leading me. I thought this guy was a leader. But then I was obviously not. So fuck it. But anyway, okay, so that's where the interaction had to end for you. So instead of now going throughout your days thinking about X, Y, and Z of, of what more I could do, that right there, what more I could do, no, no more, no more, let it be, you're fucked up, let it go, and go on to the next one. It's like if you can't let go of the past, you will never move forward. And so this is what I, I would encourage Chucks and all guys and even younger Adam uh, to encourage themselves to just come to this realization that as long as I get the lesson, as long as I get the feedback, the feedback is my success. That's it. Once I get the feedback, move on. Move on. 
There's a post I just made recently, and don't worry, I'll get to these super chats in a second, guys. Don't worry, I'll see you there. Uh, there was a post I made. It's on Instagram. There's a post I made about this. Was it earning a woman's trust? Uh, I can't. It was, it, was an, it, was, it was an Instagram post. Oh, maybe it was not recently. I can't find it. Whatever it was, it was basically this, which is that my younger self had a big problem with this. Always trying to work out what more I could do. Instead of just being happy with the fact that you fucked up, you got your lesson, you fucked up and you got your lesson, so just let it go. Let it go and move forward. That, that's, that's, that's it. Okay, I'm going to finish that there and we'll get to the, uh, we'll get to the super chats. Getting, uh, getting excited here. Getting, getting passionate here. I'm not sure, yeah? So, Salet Nahian has dropped a Canadian $1. Thank you very much, Salet. I really appreciate that. Arigatou gozaimashita. Salet, have you got a question for me? Where's your question? Where's your question? For those of you that are up in this live chat right now, any super chat that you donate, uh, go straight back to this channel and bumps your question at the top above all the others. And uh, just go back to supporting this channel. So, I really appreciate it. Oh, there's your question. So, Soleil's question comes in saying, I relate to your push slash pull concepts concept so well. The exact scenario happened to me on she blowing up my phone after day two, but I gave into her frame and she lost attraction. Now I understand why. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Soleil. Yes, sir. Oh, shit. Yes, yes. And the fact that you can see that, oh, oh, it's one of the biggest realizations in a young man's journey that when you get off an amazing day with a girl and she texts you with that thank you text, that she's pushing on you. So don't push back. Oh, there's, a, there's a girl that I'm seeing right now. Uh, well, I can't, you know, can't physically see right now. But, you know, a girl that I'm in an interaction, <laughs> that sounds so strange to say. This is something I was thinking about, so uh, just, you know, just yesterday, I was thinking about this phrase that we always say, hey, do you want to catch up? Let's catch up. When was the last time you guys said that phrase? Let's catch up. It's been a long fucking time. Such a bitty dana. Such a bitty dana. It's been a long time since you said to anyone, let's catch up. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, yeah, this COVID-19 thing's really been going on for some time here. That's like one of my favorite phrases to, to say to a, uh, to a woman and, or, of course, male friends as well. But it's something that I'll often instigate if I haven't spoken to a girl in a week, haven't spoken to a woman in a, in a couple of weeks, in a month. I always just, that's typically what I'll slide a DM or slide a message on my phone. It's often the first message that I'll say if I haven't seen her in a long time. It's just, let's catch up. You know, I don't, I won't, I don't fuck around. I don't fap around by, okay, let's say I got Joy here in my WhatsApp here and I say we haven't spoken to each other in a month and I see the last, here's another texting concept. You should never be the last text in that thread. Yeah, that's another push-pull thing to Soler here is that, we'll give you an example. I'll give you a real example from my direct uh, messages with girls right here. Let me get one here. I get you one. Here's some fucking tactics for you. Okay. So, <laughs> that, that, 
Hopefully, I'm not going to use her name, but she might be watching this. So, if you're watching this, or if you watch this in post, don't worry. I'm not going to go into too much here. But she's like, oh, so that's what I don't. I know she. Listen, she knows I'm a social dynamics coach. She knows that I know what I'm fucking doing. Uh, so she would not be surprised that I did this consciously. So it's unconscious now, but it's a conscious move. It, it's a tact. It's a tactic. Right? It's a social dynamics tactic. So in this thread with a girl that uh, I'm constantly hitting, we're constantly hitting each other back. Like just we can't see each other, but you know what I'm saying. It's on is what I'm saying. She, I got a thread here. I got a thread here where she sent me, we got a thing with each other where, oh, holy shit. Are we still live here? YouTube's telling me that the thread, the stream is struggling. Hopefully we're still live here. We still live? I think we're still live. Guys, just drop me something in the chat box saying that we're still here. Because YouTube is telling me error. That's not good. That's not good. I've got a big yellow error side on my YouTube. <laughs> That's new. I don't like that. Someone just, uh, well, at least I know the podcast version will still be going. So even if the YouTube drops out, you guys could always come back for that. Um... I can see that it's very choppy though, and that's just that's just the state of Australian internet right now. Oh, thank you, Ski. Ski says all good. Thank you. Yeah, guys, it's gonna be choppy. The internet is struggling down here. Thank you, guys. Kevin, Chucks, thank you very much. So, anyways, uh, I've got a thing with this girl. It's just like a personal thing where she she sends me pictures of the moon. I send her pictures of the moon every now and again, and it was just like a running theme with each other. We we relate through the moon. And uh, she, she sends me a message saying, well, it's like we have some telepath- telepathic shit going on because she sent me a message in the moon and I happened to be recording the moon myself early that morning. And then uh, she sent me just a message saying, well, it's like we have, wow, it's like we have some telepathic shit going on. Uh, I sent her a little gif of a bear that is getting annoyed by another bear, right? Just... Imagine a imagine a bear. I'm not going to turn around the, because obviously I revealed the details and shit, like her contact details. Imagine a bear that's lying on the ground who's just trying to rest, and then there's another bear on its back trying to pull at its ear. Right, I sent her that, obviously indicating, you know, just being just cheeky shit, and she responds saying "lol lol lol meanie," and I say I think it's the other way around. You're the white bear, and. uh she goes, uh, yes, I'll bug you while you're trying to sleep, eat, shower, film. And I say, yeah, you can shower with me. And she goes, please and thank you. I say, you're welcome, but it will be cold. And she goes, oh, no, will I at least get hugs? And that's it. I don't respond to the final one. I don't respond to that final text. That's another, that's this concept of push-pull that we're saying with Soler right here is that she pushed on me, so I'm going to pull it out. I'll pull it out. I don't, I'm not going to keep pushing. Your text threads with a girl, she should always be the last one in that thread. That's when you know you have nailed push and pull. Okay? Unless it's just logistics. Unless it's just purely... Obviously, you can tell with this girl, I'm in a deeper... We have a deeper relationship with each other. But if it's just logistics, then I'll give you a pass. If it's... But uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me just get like a... Let me get a logistics text thread for you guys. Hang on a sec. Give me, give you. 
I'm just, I'm just finding a logistics thread. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll give you one pass here. There are definitely examples in which that, you know, I said to this girl, this is a day game interaction. Hey, X, her name. Random but cheeky meeting you with my avocado, uh, slash Adam. She responded to say, he, he, Adam, the avocado guy. I responded to her saying, yeah, you're free later today for a coffee slash tea adventure. She goes, mm, sorry, I'm not in the city today. She doesn't live in the city. And I say, no worries, I'm flying out tomorrow. So I'll message you, message you next time in. So there's a thread that I ended with mine. That's all in the logistics though. It's not so much of a problem, but a lot of times, a lot of times, here's a good example. Here's a good example of a girl that I had to ping message actually. She hadn't responded to me in a couple of days and I sent her a message. So here's the start of the thread. She messaged me saying, she messaged me first with a little bird emoji saying, just a message delivered by your local carrier pigeon service saying, hey, something from our interaction. We're talking about carrier pigeons. And I say, oh shit, I wasn't expecting several pigeons. No, hang on. Oh shit, I was expecting several pigeons tonight. I'm lucky yours was so specific. And uh, she didn't respond. She didn't respond to that. So a couple of days later, I don't care, a few days later, I send her a message, what we call pin text, pin text saying, are you still alive? She responds uh, pretty quickly and very intensely saying, ha ha, barely, double exclamation mark. It's been a hectic week. How have you been? Smiley face, smiley face. So, you know, and I've always said this uh, with texting, text uh, logistics. Don't freak out if a girl doesn't respond in a couple of days. That's why we send the ping text. Are you alive? You've been kidnapped. Uh, COVID-19. Are you fucking in? Are you... Uh, are you uh, in ICU right now? What's going on? You just make it contextual. Don't freak out. And because just because she doesn't respond in two, three, in two, three uh, days doesn't mean that she, some girls, I've, I said this in my How to Text Girls uh, video, some girls are legitimately just busy and some girls are legitimately just terrible with communications. So don't freak out. So when I send that pin text, literally just saying, are oh, you still alive? And she says, ah, oh, Belly, it's been a hectic week. How you been? Tons of exclamation marks, tons of smiley faces. And I say, uh, this is good. You can to chill tomorrow or Sunday. So that's why I brought this up. Because I say that I'll off- that's often my-, my text. That if I haven't spoken to a girl in a long time, it's like, you can to chill. Let's catch up. That's all I was uh, going on there. And and so that was a big, that was a big tangent we just went on. But getting back to Celeste's uh, super chat here. When he says, you know, he relates to the concept of push, uh, push, pull. Yeah, make sure that you're keeping things light, keeping things short, and making sure that you're leaving things on her wanting a little bit more. You know, this is a this this is just a, it's a fundamental concept that never never drop all your ammunition in one go. Never never unleash to the point. Never let everything out, and to the point where a girl knows everything now. Where she has, or a woman has everything from you. And this is a good. This is a this is a concept that a woman should be doing for a man as well. I, I, you don't you don't like it when someone just gives you their all immediately. You want to play a little bit of this mysterious. You want an adventure, an adventure. If if I took you into a cinema and played you the last ten minutes of a film, you, you'd be like, give my money back. This, this is terrible. Or if, if, if a movie was solely based around the end point, 
No, we we don't watch movies for the endpoint, which is why porn itself is it's 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 such a it's so unfulfilling. That's why porn is so unfulfilling because it's the endpoint. But we don't want the endpoint. Well, the end the endpoint is not what if the the endpoint is only so meaningful because of the journey that led up to it, right? So the journey itself, there should be a journey there, and that's the point of push pull. The point of push pull is that there is a bit of a journey going on here. It's like, is this guy really? Is this, is am I? Can I get this guy? Can I not get this guy? Can I get this guy? Can I not get this guy? Right that push and pull right there. That's what keeps. That's the spice of life. So, Soler, thank you for your one dollar Canadian. I really appreciate that. Now there is a. Uh, before I hit up the next super chat, if you guys are up in this uh, Q and A right now, just make sure you signed up to the Bowl Dojo Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter is free free article this week on how to judge character a very fucking deep article i actually wrote it a week ago i did two articles in one day but it's very deep it's very deep this article you get it for free and also because my first album of guided meditations we'll be diving into how to cultivate your centered energy uh how to address your dark energy how to cultivate your light energy and how to, and what's going to go into your sexual flow of energy as well. There's a whole track on that, and also returning to the whole of one energy. I've uh, just done the recording to that, and if you're not signed up to the bowl sip, you're not going to get a special gift, a free gift. Uh, I'm, I'm just holding back on what it is, but you have to be signed up to the bowl sip to get that when my uh, guided meditations comes out. So make sure you signed up there. And there's a, there's a lot of benefits of being signed up to the Bowl Dojo, uh, the old Bowl Sip. So hit that up. And if you guys haven't dropped a thumbs up on this video, please do so to support this channel. I really appreciate it. Let's get to the next super chat. Kevin B. God, Kevin B. Kevin's son drops a $5 US uh, super chat. Very much appreciated, Kev. Thank you very much. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well up there in New York because you guys are in... You guys are in battle stations right now. I've been seeing the I've been seeing what's going on in New York. You know what I find really interesting about New York, Kev? Is that your governor and this is something in large I've noticed about the US. The governors don't seem to get along with the president. Whereas like you, they don't cooperate at all. Whereas here in Australia, if the PM decides this is what it's going to be, for the most part, the state leaders agree. You know, the, the federal system in Australia has much more dominance over the state uh, legislation than what I can see in the US. Because what I can see is like your, your mayor, it's either your mayor or your governor. I think it's the mayor. The mayor of the New York does not seem to get along or doesn't seem to agree with what's going on with Trump. But all I know is that the New York in particular is like a bloody war zone at the moment. So I hope you guys are doing, I know you don't live in New York City. But I know you're in that area, so hopefully you're all right. Anyways, to Kev's question. <clears throat> I got a lot of followers in New York, so I hope you're all doing well. He says, peace and love from New York. Uh, I hope you've been safe and healthy, Adam. I sure have. Thank you very much, uh, Kev. Was it ever hard for you not to compare yourself to other guys? And how did that stop? I like this question. I like this question a lot. Uh, yes, in the beginning of my journey, it was my, he was one of my greatest mentors. Shout out to Matt, who's no longer with us anymore. Uh, it was, it was Matt and Roy. They were my first point of comparison. 
in my coil approach journey. Uh, I actually have mentioned this in several podcasts, like probably 15 podcasts ago, about the cruise. I know I've mentioned the cruise a lot because it's just it's a bloody great story. It is a bloody great story. But and there's so many lessons that came from that 10-day cruise. You don't want to be going on a fucking cruise at the moment, though. You probably couldn't even get on a cruise right now. You know, you couldn't. But there are still cruise ships returning. But, uh, you know, this is something I'd love to do one day, Kev, is I would love to organize a bowl cruise. I would love to get 15, 20 guys. We'll go to South Pacific Islands. Or if not the South Pacific Islands, actually, maybe somewhere in... Uh, somewhere in Europe, maybe around the Greek islands, maybe a Greek islands cruise. The reason why I say that is because it's just going to have far, high fire volume, uh, much greater volume of single attractive girls around the Greek islands. Why? Because that's like the typical Kentucky. Mediterranean, Greek islands, you know, you get like, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't even put the numbers on it of the amount of Australian girls that take their Kentucky gap years, like that when they finish high school, and they just want to fucking lap it up. They'll go and Kentucky and they'll do these Greek islands cruise ships and that type of stuff. But even on the cruise ship I went on, the amount of bitties that were on my cruise ship were insane. You think it's for old people? You think cruise ships are for old people, for the young and old? And it's not. Like the children and shit, families. I was amazed with the level of bid that was getting around my cruise ship. So, to your question again, but it's just a cool thing that one day, it's it's something that's been in my mind to do a cruise ship uh, with like, you know, 15 or 20 like uh, guys, also a retreat in Bali. I'm going to be doing a podcast with Mikel soon and I'm going to talk to him about that because he fucking runs that island. So uh, anyways, to the question of comparison of my guys, yeah, Roy and Matt were my first points of comparison. And that's actually part of what uh, really fucked me in the beginning because they were so much better than me at night specifically. And that's what fucked me on the cruise. That when I was on the cruise ship and there's a nightclub on the cruise ship, we had that first night. Uh, Matt met, what's her name? What's her name? Uh, Rona? Rana. There you go. Shout out to Rana. When Matt met Rana and actually, yeah, you know that you know that I've done an entire podcast on this because if you go back into the social Q&As, I have a photo of us, of me, Matt, Roy, uh, Rana, and Roy's girl as well in a nightclub. In an, in a nightclub, they're all sitting on the couches. I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground on my own. That says it all right there. You just got to go back into the social Q&As. It's like in the, I think it's in the single digits. It's something like that. But I did a whole podcast on this. And when they were, when those guys were, you know, Matt was meeting these girls and, you know, he found his girl and, and Roy met his girl on this cruise ship. And I was just the old one out. And I just, I was just left. I was, I was basically the, uh, I was left to stand on, I was on third base with the catches mitt. I was standing on third base with the catches mitt, not knowing what to do with myself. You know, you can't, you got to imagine the psychological trauma that I was experiencing. It's, uh, I remember that time. I remember that, those, those nights. I remember the time, like, when Roy would be, he was in, he would go down to his girl's cabin and she was there with her friends. 
and uh, Matt would maybe, maybe having dinner with his girl and her girlfriends, and I'll just be there on my own. I'll be there in my own on my own in our little cabin. Just, just like it's like nine p.m. and it's like, just, just so sad. Like just so sad because it's not only is it painful enough that this cruise ship is loaded with really attractive girls that have been telling me to approach them. I talked about it in that podcast, the the hot tub, the hot tub scenario where there was like ten absolute dark pieces in this hot tub, and they and they invited me to come over and to talk with them essentially. And I, for the life of me, I could not get in the hot tub. Go back. Let me. That's a really important podcast because now I'm sure a lot of you guys are like, oh, I want to listen to this podcast now. Let me get, I'll get it while I'm just telling the rest of his story. Uh, social Q&A. It's, but all you have to do is go back into the social Q&As and just find the image. You'd find it. But I'm going to get it for you because it's actually quite important of a Q&A. Like the story. Because I remember I go into the story really in depth. That hot tub shit. <laughs> Hang on. I'll get it. Here it is. Here it is. Tips for going out with wings. Social Q&A live episode eight. In the thumbnail, you can see the photo of Matt on the right with Rana and Jade and Roy on the left and me on the ground. I believe, I believe in that, in that I tell the full hot tub, I tell the full cruise story. And uh, for Kev here, because he donated this $5, I'm going in deep on this. There was this hot tub of absolute dying pieces and for the life of me. So this is what I'm saying. It's painful enough, Kev, that there's so many attractive girls on this cruise ship, yet I can't I can't pull the trigger. I can like I can get through the opening stage of these interactions. There was this one situation on that cruise ship where with one of the girls from that cruise from that hot tub that it was really looking back now, that the one that I was speaking to most in that when I was in that little scenario. And she was actually quite interested in me now looking back. And then I remember the next morning, we, we got up and there's like three meals a day on a cruise ship. We got up for breakfast and it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet style thing. And when you walk through the entrance to the, uh, to the restaurant area and where the buffet is held, there's like the first lineup of like meats that you can get. And like you, you, you get your plate, you get your nine foot, right? And... And you're like kind of lining up and you're deciding, oh, do I want the roast pork? Do I want the beef? Do I want the duck? Right? And you, the guys out there and the guys who were serving you were so nice. But you're lined up along each other. You're kind of like a, like a single file type thing. And I remember seeing that girl because like she was there with like her netball girls or whatever. And there's like a whole group of 10 of them. And I remember the girl that I was like really getting on with. I was showing me a lot of interest. And she happened to be standing next to me or when I skipped over the line to get to the next like meat that I wanted to get, she was standing there and and we just like, we sparked up a conversation and the attraction was there. Yet, and Matt and Roy were like right next to me. They were listening to all this. And it didn't even occur to me that we could have breakfast together. It didn't even go through my mind that, Adam, Adam, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, just, just, the interaction is so ripe here. It's so ripe. So just take it, lead it, just do something, like do something. But I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even do that. And so, you know, we, and I remember Matt telling me afterwards when she, like, so we got our food, she watched, she went off to, 
she went off to go have breakfast with her with her girlfriends, and I went back to the table with Matt and Roy, just like happy that I had a conversation with this girl, like pretty happy. Like, and I remember Matt like saying something to me really. It's always like I can see it. I can see the furniture. I can see him telling me this. He's like, Adam, you you're gonna have to start like leading these things. You have to start progressing these things. Because what she was really into you. And I remember it dawning on me, it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I guess I could have. I guess I could have done something with that scenario. And so to your question here of like, was it ever hard for you to not to compare yourself to the other guys? It's hard enough not to compare myself to myself of going that you know what you should do, but you're not doing it. That's hard enough. But then not only that, so you can't even do the things that you feel like you know that you should do because you've seen all this theory. And remember, this is before I'm, a, this is like at the beginning of my journey. So I'm fucking watching every video. I know every single company shit. I know this stuff inside and out. And that's what's led me to the point of being such an armchair theorizer. And why I couldn't pull those triggers. But then you've also got the juxtaposition of your closest guys. The guys that you'd be defending the walls with. Right? When the hordes are at your walls. That you've got them on your left and right. And you got your shields up. And you're going to go into battle. And you're going to likely die together. That's your guys. And they're doing so well. They're fucking killing it. You know, they've got these... Uh, they they've got girls that are that are waiting on them. They're playing push pull correctly. They've got girls that are inviting them. Their girls are inviting them out. They want to have lunch with them. They want to go out on these day adventures out on the islands with them, and all this shit, right? Roy's going scuba diving, <laughs> and uh, and so you, you don't think that's painful? Yeah, yeah, it's painful, but it's not painful in the sense that you reflect that on them. It's like, no, it's like, I couldn't be happier for them. I couldn't be happier for them. All that pain is, is turned inwards. It's turned inwards. And here's the, here's the tactical point for you, Kev. That pain can be your source of growth or your source of starvation. Pain can starve you. Pain can starve you. Pain can be the thing that stops you from ever moving forward in your life. Because you just, you interpret it as something of which that, ah, woe is me. Ah, this is confirmation. This is confirmation of how shit of a being I am. Of how shit of a, of a, of a masculine, you can't even call me that, right? You can't even call me the masculine being. And this is just confirmation of it. That starves you. That starves your masculine energy. That starves your growth. That starves you of the vital nutrient that pushes you into growth. But at the same time, you can take all these experiences that I've just talked about, so painful, so painful, having to be there in a night, in a cruise ship, in the cabin room where your, your best friend is having sex with this girl and you have to pretend that you're asleep. You can take the pain of that and having to listen to that and you can turn that into something that will now be the nutrient of your growth. And go that I'll never allow this to happen again. I'll never be forced into this position. I would rather, I would rather force myself to give up everything that I know, give up my my homeland, give up my family, give up my friends, and just 
book myself a one-way ticket to bloody Amsterdam or to some foreign country I don't know about and just force myself to, you know, it's the true back-to-the-wall mentality is what I'm talking about. It's like you have nothing else to, to lean on. No more support. No more no more ability to to just coast. It's like that that all those thoughts, all that all that inspiration to go grow, that all spurs off pain. And I love pain for that. I love the painful situations for that. Uh, I remember one time coaching a night game workshop. In Adelaide, catching a coaching a night game workshop. Guy had a barbecue breakdown. Guy had a barbecue breakdown. For those of you that don't know what a barbecue breakdown is, it's basically a psychological breakdown. It happens at night. Very rarely it happens in the day. It happens at the end of boot camp in the day. Not generally during day game sessions, though, because guys don't go as hard. That's what I'll push guys on boot camp. But at night, it's something that I came to know very quickly that guys, guys have barbecue breakdowns almost immediately. Like it almost happens immediately at night. It's quite amazing. Why is this? Because the influx of stimulus is so aggressive. At night, you get confirmation of your inadequacy so quickly. In the day, it doesn't happen so quickly. In the day, you can fap about, you can walk up and down the mall and, you know, go into EB games and pick up Call of Duty and, you know, you can do some shit. And, oh, maybe I meet that. Ah, oh, pass that girl. Oh, I need to go to the toilet. You know, it, it's your inadequacy is not so apparent. It's not until three hours later that you realize, oh fuck, I didn't meet anyone. Oh shit, I passed up everyone. Then you realize how inadequate you are, but it took three hours. That's not the case at night. The case at night is that dime pieces, stunning girls hit you in the face from the moment you step out of the apartment from the moment the Uber drops you off in front of fucking whatever club you go into, the bar that you're at, where you're at the Grand, right? This, when you get off the tram, going in Adelaide, you get off the tram and you go down to the bay and you, you're heading off to the Mosley, you're heading off to the Grand. From the moment you get out of the tram, it is apparent you either came out ready to go tonight or you're not ready and you're inadequate. You're... the the true nature of your inadequacy is provided to you. And so that's why barbecue breakdowns happen at night damn near immediately, if not almost always within the next first hour. It's very rare that someone has a barbecue breakdown like at the end of a night. Because generally speaking, if you don't start well, you don't finish well. So anyways, I was coaching this, uh, I, was co- I was coaching a night game workshop, had a guy at a barbecue breakdown very, very early on. And in these scenarios, or when someone goes through this, the, the best you can do for them is just pull them aside and say, hey man, let's, let's just sit, let's just sit. So we're on Hindley Street, I remember this, if you guys know where Reds is, if you've been down to, uh, uh, been on Hindley Street, you know that side alley down by Reds, if you keep walking up it, like half, there's like chained fence area, I think there used to be a car park there, but there's like, there's like areas that get a bit quiet away from the main strip. And I take him down there and we just sit down. And I'm just like, hey, what's going on? What's going on here? And he's like, if you guys know Reds, that area of Honestly, it's just, it's so, it's so aggressive. 
It's so aggressive of a night game area because, oh, if you go to me, girls, because just it's a congregation of all the most attractive females because you've got Reds and HQ. And you got those two next to each other. And it's like, that's the strip right there. And across the road is the Red Bull and, uh, not the Red Bull, the Black Bull and, and the Woolshed. And so the, the quality of girls going there is not as good, but across the road, it's like the highest quality girls go there. And, and it's just, if you're not ready, if you're not ready, it's going to be very difficult. So we sit down and then we're, so we tried, we, we got into the line to go to Reds and you guys know me, if I'm coaching someone, what do we do in the line? What do we do in the line, Kev? We're in the line onto a club. What do you do? Are you just there twiddling your thumbs? Are you there visualizing? Are you, are you, a, are you standing on third base of a catcher's mitt? No. You're standing on first. You're standing on the pitcher's mound, ready to throw a fastball. You are ready to engage fucking everyone. Like you talk to everyone in the line, whether it is just a bunch of a bunch of just just squidward lads. If you got a bunch of squidward lads in the line next to you, you don't not talk to them. You talk to them. If you've got a couple of wildlife rescues and then maybe a couple of dime pieces, you're talking to them as well. And so the moment we get into this line, of course, I'm doing that. And part of my coaching style at night, particularly, is that I'm not a hand holder. I've never believed in this. I've never, I've never believed in these coaches that go out at night and just fucking, fucking like this. Like, <laughs> just like they put on the baseball cap. They're like, okay, go. Okay, go. They, 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 get, their, they get their client and he's like, okay, that girl, send her in and then, you know. Okay, let me observe this. Let me observe this. Right. <laughs> but for me, it's like at night, that's it's not, I can't, I can't see that being an effective form of coaching. In the day, it's different because in the day, I can't go into the interaction. I'm, I'm not going to, it's completely different. Like in the day, he's going to have to go to the interaction. I'm going to have to listen to what he's saying and break it down because I can. At night, I can't do any of that. I can't hear a, sh- a single word of what he's saying. I have to be literally next to him. I have to be in the interaction with him. I can't just have my fucking dad hat on it. Just like, <laughs> just you can't do that. It's ridiculous. But I've seen some coaches do that. So, so that to the point of hand holding. I, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't baby guys. My form of instruction at night is that I'm going to be in the mix with you. That when we're in the line, I don't just stand there next to you and say, "Okay, go." Okay, good. Okay. No, no, no. I will be uh, firing on all cylinders. I will be lighting it up. And what this shows you to do is that, well, what this shows my clients is that this is how it should be done. Okay, so this is what is expected. In the day, it's different because you're on one-to-one interactions that are very interspersed. But at night, you have thousands of opportunities to speak to people and you've, they're immediate right there in front of you. So I'm giving you that flame. You're going to be able to ride off that flame. What I noticed when we get into the line with this guy was that he just, just got shut down immediately. Shut down immediately. And so before we even got in the club, took him out the side, sit down on the ground, barbecue breakdown is in full effect. We sit down on the ground and I say, okay, what's going on? And he goes, listen, I saw, it wasn't you, Adam, but I saw these other guys. And this is why I brought up the story for you, Kev. I saw these other guys. And I, they were, uh, they, were they were just, I don't understand. I don't. I remember his confusion. I don't understand how 
that were just so effortlessly interacting with these girls. And this is just in the line, right? They were just in the lineup. You know, he saw a couple of chads. He saw himself a couple of chads. You know, a couple of chads with a couple of bids. And, you know, there's some attractive guys, there's some attractive girls, is what I'm saying. And that shot him down. You say, because the gap is what I'm talking about here. The gap is what he was describing. The chasm, the the sheer distance that needs to be traveled between where he is at, at the beginning of this night, to get to where these chads were, the, these naturals, and how they were interacting with these attractive girls, the sheer amount of work required for him to get there, it all of a sudden was just forced upon him. The, the level to which of he is inadequate was thrusted into his face in that one moment. And I will admit, I will admit, I took him to a very aggressive venue to begin with. We didn't start off easy. There are easier venues to start off with. You can start off at the Woolshed. You can start off at the Red Bull. If you're up in uh, Melbourne, you can start off at ABCs. You can start off at... Uh, what does it have an easy venue in Melbourne? Spice. Spice Kitchen. There's uh, a couple others. I'm saying you can start off at an easy venue. The easiest venue you could think of would be somewhere that is not really a club, but is more of a bar. Like more of a bar that serves food. Those are the easiest venues to start at. I didn't start there with this guy. I don't remember why at the time, if I'll be honest with you, why I took him to the hardest venue possible to begin with. Maybe I was just feeling good. <laughs> Maybe I was just like, hey, this is often the case. Guys talk big. Guys, uh, I've had a lot of clients like this in the day, day game clients, boot camp. Guys can convince me in pre-seminar, pre-brief, that they're going to be psychologically okay because i over i asked them a lot of questions to 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 filter this out to see because i would never just chuck someone in the deep end without thinking that I, if i didn't think he'd be able to handle it i wouldn't take someone uh to reds to begin with which is a club club it's a club club it's where you're going to see the the 10 of the 10s that go on here if you're in uh vegas it's like i guess xs would be your your thing i don't i don't know what the new york version is um, if you're in Melbourne, I guess it's like, uh, Chapel Street, any, any major club going down on Chapel Street, uh, <laughs> Revs, <laughs> man, man. Revs is a whole different animal. Anyways, all I'm saying here is that I wouldn't do this to someone if I didn't think he would be ready to start there. And of course, we're just in the line, we're just in the line, but he freaked out and he broke down. And what he was essentially trying to communicate to me was that when I saw these absolute naturals to Kev super chat here, saw these absolute naturals. Uh, and again, it's aggressive. It's aggressive. The girls that they're with are not just like, then, then they're not physically speaking, just like your average girl. They're, they're girls that make you sweat. And, and so of course, I'm not really worried about this. I'm just like, well, I'm worried about is that he just talks to the person behind him and the person in front of him. That, that it wasn't like he was surrounded. Like those, the girls and the guys he's talking about were a couple people up, but he wasn't willing to get to the process of what we were talking about. And he just was trying to communicate with me is that I just, it was too much for me, Adam. It was too much. It's like I freaked, I freaked out. I freaked out. And what I really know is that he wasn't willing to say it to me. It's like, he's, in, he's not freaking out because there are attractive girls and attractive guys. That's what he's trying to tell me. 
He's like, it was too much. It was too much of an overload. But to me, what it's telling me is that what he's really freaking out about was his comparison to those guys. That was the root of his pain. The pain right there is that, and here, I've got a fucking quote for you right now, Kev. I've got a fucking quote for you, which is going to be in, this, in today's bowl sip. But it's a quote that I just got last night. This is prime. This is absolutely prime. This is the source of his pain right here. And this is the remedy to his pain as well. It gets you this shit right here. This is delicious. <laughs> okay, here you go. <clears throat> People who are naturally better than you have been different from you ever since they were born. It's impossible to turn that around. No matter how hard you work, how well you strategize, or who your teammates are. You can complain about that once you've actually done everything you possibly can. Rather than despairing and giving up because you're not a genius, believe that your strength is not limited to this and continue on the path straight ahead of you. Mm. Yeah, sir. That is a quote that is going to be in uh, today's bowl sip. I cannot believe how perfect that is to this entire question and story. That's from uh, an anime called Haikyuu, season two, episode 24, 1647, 16 minutes, 47. The one part of that quote that I love so much and what I would say to what I was essentially trying to communicate uh, to my client, to my client that night was that you can complain when you have done absolutely everything you can, then you can complain. You can, you can give up. You can throw in the towel to this journey of social dynamics, speaking to a client here, and you can, it's okay for you to acknowledge the inadequacy between you and these guys and how, how you'll never get with girls like that and that these girls will never be attracted to you. They'll never be interested in you. That's okay. Once you have done everything you can to prove so, to prove that you couldn't grow, to prove that you couldn't evolve, evolve, and that your strength is only limited to that. Your strength is limited to your ability to see the challenge in front of you and accept, and accept that challenge. Will I grow or will I starve myself? You know, it's a starving mentality to, to go and look at naturals and to belabor the point that I'm not a natural. Right, and then and then you starve yourself of ever knowing what it meant to to evolve and grow yourself as far as you could for yourself. But I've never seen I've never seen someone who's who's actually done absolutely everything they could and then given up. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. I've seen it again and again though of guys that give up on day one, step one. They give up after a week, they give up after a month. That never even really gets started. That really just kind of chuck in the towel before the get, things even get going. So anyways, this is just a really deep dive on Kev's uh, a tremendous super chat there about comparison of yourself to, to other guys. And actually the final part, Kev, you said, how did I stop that? I accepted the challenge. How did I stop comparing myself to Matt and Roy? Well, the thing was is that I never, I never external, I never externalized it. So in that story I just told you about my client, he externalized it. He he was actually upset about how these naturals had it so easy with these absolute bids. That wasn't the problem with me. The problem with me was that 
was that, which is Matt and Roy provided me the mirror of how inadequate I was. And so then I internalized that pain for myself. And so the comparison didn't stop until I evolved. This is what it is. Until you stop being inadequate, you will never look at someone who is adequate and not be able to feel some form of pain. When I go out at night now or in the day, and I say, if I go out anywhere and I see an absolute dime piece with an absolute natural, right? How do you think I feel? Do you think I'm comparing myself the way that I did back on that cruise ship? No. No. Because I'm not inadequate anymore. It's like, because I, I know what it is. I experienced this. I've evolved myself. I went through years, years and years, thousands and thousands and thousands of interactions and broken them down and had to tr- go through that fire. So it's like, why would I feel inadequate? So why would I compare to myself to someone who is of, if not the same level, lesser level than me? There's no comparison to be had. But you will always feel pain in the face of inadequacy. If you, that's what's so brilliant about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, is that it, it does, it's not fun to get choked out. It's not fun to get tapped out. Because what is that? What's happening? What's happening when you get tapped out? You're essentially acknowledging that if a like scenario, this man would have killed me. That's what happened. That's what's happening. I was, inad- I was so inadequate that I could not defend myself. I could not prevent my own death. That's essentially what's happening. And it's not fun. It fucking sucks. It fucking sucks, actually. And there was a... a uh, listen, I'm, I weigh roughly 64. So it's about 140, 140 pound. I'm about 140 pounds, and it fluctuates between 63 and 65 kilos. Anywhere between 135 to 140, around there. I was rolling with a uh, heavyweight, with a guy that was 100, he was 100-some kilos. He was, 220, he was somewhere between 200 and 220 pounds. I think he was somewhere between there. And, but he's an absolute beginner like me. But I knew just a little bit more than him. I knew how to take, I knew how to take his back. I knew how to control him in top mount side control and eventually wait for him to make a mistake. He turned his back. I took his back. I stuck in the rear naked choke. He had no, he had no choice. But actually, his pain began well, well before that. How could a 140-pound guy hold down a 210, 200, 210-pound guy? For, the, for my Australians, how could a 64-kilo guy hold down a 110-plus-kilo guy? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense unless you have greater knowledge and awareness of bodily mechanics and jujitsu. And so when I'm inside, when I'm in top side control, right, I'm, I'm aggressively crushing my shoulder in a cross face into his, and just essentially pushing his head to the side, making it very difficult for him to breathe. Right, I've got one arm, I've got an underhook underneath his far side leg so i'm making sure that he can't bridge very easily and every time that he's trying to get an elbow escape in i'm rotating and pushing with it i'm using my knee to block his knee escape leg so he's effectively immobilized so when you immobilize someone for any longer than 10 seconds you break their will you break their will and when they break their will and you see that's like fuck i can't get out of this it's like I'm done. they thrash about, they're putting so much energy into it. But 
using mechanics and using leverage, it's like unless they have the adequate knowledge to remove my blocks, to remove my wedges, to get my hip, my my leg out of that place, to get my arm out of the underhook, to form a brace around my neck so that hey, I can't control his head anymore. If he doesn't have that knowledge, well, he's, he's fucked. He's fucked. It doesn't matter how much he weighs. It doesn't matter how, if even in a standing position, he would knock my lights out if he connected on a straight right hand. That's what the beauty of grappling is. And so after about 10 seconds of me being in this top position, his will broke. He said to me, I don't know what to do here. I'm like, so I helped him out because, of course, we're training partners. So I said, here, slide slide your arm, your elbow in underneath my hip and put a frame on my neck so I can't control you. So he does that. He can. So what that does, it gives him some space. It allows him to get his leg in, but I only told him enough just to get to that point. And then so I allowed him to make his escape knowing that he would, and then I take his back. Now, again, when you've got a little monkey like me take your back, that is that is demoralizing. It's like, this is because that's this is the, the most vulnerable position. To have someone on your back, to have someone's arm around your neck and to sink in a choke within like that, boom. It's like as soon as he thought he was out, nope, I'm to your back, get out on me. Now, we're both absolute white belts. It's just that I'm 0.1 above him that I knew how to do that. And he didn't know how to defend that, so he had to tap out. He was going to die. If he didn't tap out, he was going to die. The reason why I brought this up, Kev, is that the comparison is obvious, that he was inadequate in that moment. That's painful. So he can either starve himself and fuck and just shit, never come back. Never come back to the gym. Never grow. Not, not seek to learn from our coaches now on what he should have done instead and to drill and rep and rep and rep and go through the pain again and again and get tapped out again and again and then tap some more people like yourself and then go through this process of growth. Right? You, that's the pain. The pain is what serves for that, that journey to be had. The only way that the comparison stops and for him to, because he would have looked at that comparison and gone, fuck, fuck this guy who's, who's, I've got, I've got 70 pounds over, 60 to 70 pounds over, tap me out. It effectively forced me to say that if you don't stop, I'm going to die. It's like, he's better than me. He's just better than me. The only way that comparison stops is when he's no longer than better than me. Is when that now we are equals and that the, the 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 chasm between our skill level is not so great. You know, if we're talking about splitting hairs and it's like a really good competition, well, then the compa- is barely a comparison to be made. We're on the, roughly the same thing, but but it's it's painful. It's painful, and the pain is what's uh, the pain is what we need. The pain is absolutely what we need. So the power to your more specific question, the comparison between me and my wings didn't stop until. That crew, we got back from that cruise and I fucking lit it up. And so I, I started going out every single fucking day. I started going out on these dates. I started making more and more mistakes. And I never let the pain of that cruise ship experience ever take over again. Until I got onto the same level as Roy and Matt. And to the point where I eclipsed them both in the day area. Because they, they, they particularly didn't like day that much. Matt a little bit more. Roy hated day. But uh, eclipsed them in the day. But then at night, got onto the same bar with them. Until I got onto the same pile with them, 
were going out at night and felt like I could handle myself to the same degree they could, the comparison didn't really end. Because the comparison is just the objective. I'm talking about the objective comparison of skill level. If you're talking about comparisons of self-worth, that's different. That Those, those comparisons will never end, regardless of skill set. I know guys that have tremendous skill set that still compare themselves uh, to other people because they have not learned to develop their sense of self-worth and value from an internal place, fill their own cup. That's a different thing. I'm talking about skill level here. Skill level can only be, the comparison of that can only be overcome by, uh, by evolution. So if you're comparing yourself to other guys, at least in an objective sense based on skill, you just need to get better. You just need to grow until you can handle yourself. So, my friends, we've been going here for a good hour and almost two hours, have we? Shit, we've almost been going for two hours. That's absolutely flowing by. Just in the straight flow of things. So, my friends, uh, we will we will start to wrap it up here. Thank you so much, care for that super chat. Uh, I'm just going to address some of the things, some of the some things, just as we wrap things up. But we do need to kick off here. Uh, I, t- I normally only go for an hour and a half, so. Uh, but I have, I have spent a long time on Q and A, but I've got other things to address in the rest of today. Got a lot of more work to do. Uh, Ski says straight fire. <laughs> awesome, thanks, Ski. Uh, Ian Kaiser says what a rant, hundred percent content. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate that. Appreciate both of you for coming in with that feedback. Uh, he says he has a quick question on how would you go about trying to get the best feedback possible from date. Whoa, that's a good question. That's a fucking good question. How would you go about trying to get the best feedback possible from day two, day threes? The best feedback you can get is an audio recording for sure. However, I don't recommend it. I recommend it if you're an absolute hard case. The clients I will I work with, I get them to audio record their dates because otherwise I have no fucking idea. I have no clue what's going on in these dates. I can't trust them at all. But generally speaking, I wouldn't record, I wouldn't recommend recording dates unless you are just having such tremendous sticking points that you just cannot overcome. You're going to have to get that third perspective. Uh, if girls are just routinely flaking, flaking off your day twos you're gonna, and you can't and you've tried everything, then that's when you're going to have to go to an audio recording. There's no point asking a girl, after a day to a day three, a girl is just, not only does she not have the ability to break down the interaction, but uh, just as, uh, I forgot who said this, but you don't learn to box by getting knocked out by Mike Tyson. This is a very big difference between being a, pay, being a, play, being a player and being a coach. So uh, audio recordings, objective feedback is the best you can get there. Uh, and working with a coach, of course, to break that down, whoever you would like to trust. Schema says, all good. Yeah, Kev says, still alive. All right, uh, Justin H says, I lagged a bit, but we're still getting the stream. Thank you, Justin. Uh, <laughs> Kev says, that's Trump. Thank for you. Smart Duke says, bro, how does the 38 challenge work? Okay, Smart Duke, I have many pieces of content on how the 38 challenge works. I don't have the time to dive into it now in depth. However, I will, I will refer you to a particular social Q&A called How to Go Out Solo Full Guide Day or Night. There is an in-depth guide on how to go and do your first 30-day challenge in the day or night. 
go to that special Q&A. That's all you need to know. I've got shorter videos on it, but if you want a real dive into it, that's there. Um, awesome. Justin H says, the US is a first world country dealing with a pandemic while under the leadership of a reality TV star turned president with no political experience. The experience is new for all of us. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a brilliant, a brilliant description, Justin. Yeah, well, yeah, you're, I've just, we're, from Australians' perspective, like our government's doing a pretty good job of responding in terms of speed and just locking shit down over here. Yeah, but from all you can see from your guys, you guys are struggling. Uh, Kakashi Hatake, haven't seen you up in this chat, says, just got raw as fuck, thank you. Domo, domo arigato. Uh, King Crow says, nice, thank you for being up in here, King Crow. Uh, Trent Banner comes in saying, yo, looking good, brother. Thank you very much, Trent. And that, my friends, is where we shall wrap up the social Q&A live. It's the motto on me. Arigato gozaimashita. Forever and always, I am grateful. Uh, for your uh, for your attention, for your engagement, guys. It means a lot to me. Your super chats as well. Uh, it really just helps to support everything that's going on here. If you guys are watching this live stream and have not hit the thumbs up, please do so before we finish up here. If you guys uh, got further questions and want to come back later, just drop them in the chat. Drop them in the YouTube video below. Help support the video. I'll come back and answer these questions in post, especially for those of you that are on the podcast listening to this. I'll come back for that. We've got a lot of shit in the works. Got a lot of shit in the works coming out. My first album of Garden Meditations. You know, they're not going to be, just as a sneak peek, it's not going to be like you sit back in your fucking chair and like float off into the clouds. No, it is going to be work. My Garden Meditations are going to force you into the depths of who you think you are and evolve beyond that. I'm really excited for these. I was sitting there recording them yesterday. I'm like, this is intense. So they are intense. So anyways, that's coming out soon. And uh, I just thank you guys so much for being here. Wishing you the best in your journeys, as always. Much peace and much joy. Yeah. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. I'd love to have you in the live sessions, actually. So if you can make it, generally speaking, most Fridays at 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time, which is just Adelaide, South Australia. For the foreseeable future, you can join in on these live sessions and get your questions answered live. The best place to connect with me outside of these podcasts and outside of YouTube is on Instagram, at uitang1, spelt O-O-I-T-A-N-G-1. Slide me any DMs there, personal context. You can also shoot me an email at boldoja.com, which is, of course, what this podcast is brought to you by. If you guys would like to pick up my ebook, Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game, book one-on-one Skype coaching, or go for that deeper level, Day Game Foundations Bootcamp, all available to you by boldoja.com. And finally, if you would like to send a little something back and just support this channel, support this podcast and everything that I'm doing here, you can do so by donating through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, or also directly through boldojo.com In the Boldojo podcast section, there's a donate link right at the top there. Anything that you guys do send, it goes straight back to this channel and everything I'm doing. So I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And this, my friends, is where I shall leave you. Until next time. On Dragon Ball. No, not on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Wishing you the best of your lives. Much peace and much joy.